Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted you're here with me today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Miss Jennifer Moore. She is the author of the book Empathic Mastery. She is also a master trainer for EFT International and I love this part. She's a fairy godmother for empaths, and she is here today to talk to us about what an empath is and how we can, as empaths, if you realize that you are one, help to offset these heavy emotions that we're feeling right now and all the craziness of what's going on around us. And she's also going to talk to us about EFT and what that is and how it can help us. And I know those of you who listen to me, you already know what EFT is, but I can't wait to hear uh, Jennifer talk about it and tell us how she is a fairy godmother for empaths out there. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for being on the show today. Oh, Melissa, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, this is awesome. Um, This is right up my alley. I love EFT. And of course, I am an empath and I know how difficult these energies have been lately. So I think it's going to be a much needed episode for everybody today. Before you start telling us your definition of an empath and how we can really start to work through these heavy energies, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Who is Jennifer? Certainly. So my name is Jennifer. Actually, middle name is Elizabeth Moore. And I am an author. Empathic Mastery is one of my first books. I've also written, participated in a number of multi-author books, written some notebooks or journals for working with as an empath, as well as uh, I've got a new book sort of in the uh, in the works that is in the editing process right now. I'm also a master trainer for EFT International, and I'm so thrilled that you guys know what EFT is so that I don't have to spend a lot of time explaining what it is, because I mean, it is truly one of my absolute favorite tools on the planet. And that's why I'm a trainer in it, because I want to help other people to become impeccable EFT practitioners. And I'm also, as you were saying, a fairy godmother for empaths. And, you know, the name kind of happened because... From, for the last, like, honestly, like 30 years of my life, people have just kind of said, will you be my, like, you're kind of like a fairy godmother. And then people would say things like, will you be my fairy godmother? And so I started to just collect a whole bunch of people that I became a fairy godmother for. And eventually I realized, you know, not only like all of these people are empaths and Um, you know, it's, there's something about being a fairy godmother that I think a lot more of us can be and actually need to be. And for me, what a fairy godmother does is we hold this vision for people and we reflect back their awesomeness to them so that they can really shine their light. Sometimes that means we need to like, you know, do a couple things or we need to change a pumpkin into a coach. But, you know, a lot of times what it's really about is having, helping people to discover the magic inside of them, themselves, stop doubting themselves and really start embracing their gifts. So um, going backwards, I was born, I was born as a really highly sensitive, creative, intuitive magical little kid who knew she was different from the beginning of life 
And unfortunately, I was raised in a fat, well, sort of fortunately and unfortunately, I was raised in a family of atheists. So while I was not raised with the restrictions of the church, because a lot of people have a lot of stuff they have to kind of get over about kind of the damage that happened as a result of some of their their upbringing. I didn't have that part, but what I did have was a lot of people who basically told me that I was, I had an overactive imagination, that I was making this stuff up, that there isn't, there isn't, you know, there's no such thing as psychic ability. There's no such thing as spirit. There's no such thing as any of this magic. So a lot of times when I was picking things up, I was being told you're too sensitive. You're overreacting. You got to develop a tougher skin. Stop worrying about it. Just get over it. And so as a child, I really felt like there was something wrong with me and I was broken. Like I needed to, I needed to get a tougher skin. I needed to get over it. I needed to stop like imagining how things were. And as I got older and my journey kind of led me on the path of personal healing and personal recovery, um, the first thing that sort of changed my life is when I stopped smoking cigarettes when I was in my very early 20s and also realized that I was really addicted to sugar and I needed to stop consuming sugar. And that's those were sort of the beginning of the journey for self self-care and recovery. And that's when I started to realize that so much of the issues that were going on for me were because I was picking up the thoughts, the feelings, the energy, and the sensations, not only from individuals, but from the world around me. And a lot of times the reason why just trying to kind of think my way out of what I was feeling or kind of rationally or logically try to convince myself that this wasn't a problem, wasn't working was because I had absorbed all of this energy that was from outside of myself and fixing me was not the solution. I needed to address what I had absorbed and basically send it back out to the universe to where it belongs. So, um, you know, I've been around the, I, I, this ain't my first rodeo and I've been around the block a number of times at this point in time. And I've sort of had a number of, of periods in my life where I have, you know, sort of done something for a while, made a really big pivot, shifted things and just kind of like life has kind of been a number of periods where it's like, I I sort of like I'll walk forward and when I hit a wall, I'll turn left. And so um, I've had a lot of wonderful adventures in my life. I was a professional tattooer doing that as a healing art for over 20 years. And then about it, to back in um, back in about 2014, I started getting this message that I needed to create something different and move away from that. And after that happened by 2017, I was leaving my thriving, like award-winning brick and mortar business and starting to move towards getting my book finished, um, broadening into doing a lot more group work with empaths and just sort of transitioning and, you know, kind of recreating myself again. And that's one of the things that I, I imagine a lot of empaths have gone through is like, you know, it's sort of like, we don't not, I, we don't always stick with the one thing for the, for our entire life, as much as we go with the thing and then we shift it when we need to. So 
I've trained in numerous modalities and I've done, a, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn. And so I've trained in numerous modalities. I'm a Reiki master. I trained in, I did a two-year apprenticeship in shamanic in shamanic healing. I also did a year long apprenticeship in body centered sort of spiritual healing, as well as went to seminary and have a master's degree in psychology and religion. And, uh, you know, motion code practitioner, EFT master trainer, and Akashic record practitioner, as well as started reading tarot cards when I was like 18 years old. So I could go on and on and on, but you know, <laughs> that's not really why I'm here, but I figure if I just share a little bit, you know, you guys can sort of get a sense of who I am and what I'm about. Yeah. You uh, yeah. have quite a little bit under your belt there. So <laughs> I do. I really do. Yeah. Well, I love that, but I would love it if you would maybe explain in your own words, what an empath is to you, because yeah. you, know, you work with empaths and part of what you do is helping them. So if there's anyone out there listening who maybe doesn't know, or maybe, you know, your definition might be different than what most people have heard, what to you is an empath? So here's the thing. So I think most people would agree that an empath is a person who picks up the thoughts, the feelings, the energy, and the sensations from the world around them. What I've realized is that there's two things. One, it's on a spectrum. Some people might just be sensitive to picking up like the people in their immediate vicinity and being really sensitive to their moods. Some people are so sensitive that they are picking up things that are going on across the globe and feeling the impact of those of those things, not just individuals, but world events that are happening. And also empaths often can sense things that are coming from the past as well as the present and the future. And so what I found is that this sensitivity and this sort of capacity to pick up sort of the paranormal or extrasensory perception information um, is very much on a spectrum and that there are some people who might be just really, you know, have a really hard time when they're at work with an angry boss or with a, you know, a child is having a meltdown or maybe they go into the grocery store and there's somebody who's cranky and they're like, what am I picking up on? And then there are people who are so sensitive that it's like they don't even have to leave the house and they're still feeling this intensity. But the thing that I realized, and you know, honestly, I've been talking about this on a lot of podcasts and writing about it for a number of years, but I really got clear, the thing that distinguishes an empath from um, somebody with intuition or psychic ability, and I will say, in my experience, pretty much all empaths do have intuition and psychic ability, but the thing that distinguishes sort of people with that ability to pick up, you know, extrasensory perception and, and pick up things coming from the outside world as, as intuitives or psychics is that they know they're getting information that's coming from the outside world. Empaths, on the other hand, absorb information, thoughts, feelings, and energy, but we process all of it as if it's our own. We experience it as if it's our own feelings. We experience it as if it's our own thoughts. Um, a lot of times, like I had a prophetic dream when I was nine, but instead of having it where I, and it was the night that one, my very first BFF's mom died. And the thing was, this is where I really see the distinction of being like an empath versus a psychic. If I had been having a psychic premonition, I would have been, I would have seen my friend at the, at her mother's deathbed. 
I would have seen how sad she was. I would have seen the mother and I would have known it was about them. But because I was processing it as an empath, I dreamed my own mom died. And so what I've noticed is that this makes it very challenging to be an empath because a lot of times we're picking up information from the outside world, but because we're processing it as if it's our own, we often think it's ours. And especially if we're in family systems or environments where people are saying things like, you're too sensitive, you're overreacting, you're taking it too personally, you know, just suck it up and get over it. The problem with that is that a lot of times we will assume that this is our stuff. Yeah, that makes it really, really difficult because it's it's already tough enough to have your own emotions going on. But then when you're picking up on everyone else's around you, and then I know for me, I was never sure whose stuff it was. Right. I knew I, I, knew I was feeling off. I didn't know why. And as you said, at first I thought it was me, but then even when I realized you're an empath and you're picking up on other people's stuff, sometimes you don't always realize who's what, what's going exactly, on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and you know, I, it's funny. I had um recently, somebody had written um a, a review about my book and it was really clear that this guy really did not understand what I was writing about because he made some kind, he made sort of a snarky comment about how I had commented about when car- Hurricane Katrina hit, I felt like I'd been sucker punched. Like I felt like, I felt like, you know, somebody had just driven a Mack truck right into my gut. And for like a couple of weeks, I just felt so much despair and so much grief and so much intensity. And he commented about, you know, for somebody who claims to have all this extra extrasensory ability, how come she couldn't tell everybody that Katrina was coming and that it was going to be a problem? And I'm like, dude, the problem with being an empath is that a lot of times we feel it, but we can't identify where it's coming from or what it's about. And so we feel the fear, we feel the intensity of it. We feel all of the stuff. We know something's coming. We might be able to feel the rumble under our feet, but we're not necessarily able to identify what exactly it is. Whereas like a psychic on the other hand might be like, they have a vision of a hurricane. They see this thing, they see the Astrodome down in, you know, down in New Orleans. And they're kind of like, oh, I think this is what that's about. But as empaths so often, it's like, we're more in the, we're more in the internal processing space about it, as opposed to that kind of like getting this clear download and being like, oh, that's the thing. I do believe that as we learn to release the empathic distress and start to let go of the stuff that is not ours, our intuition, we can sort of almost like switch from empathic overwhelm to intuitive clarity. But I believe that what that requires first is even claiming the identity of empath because I don't know about you, but one of the things I've noticed is that I would say that in the work that I've done and the people I've worked with, there are definitely maybe 40 to 50, somewhere between 40 and 60% of the people I know self-identify as empaths and recognize themselves as empaths and know what they are. But there's another, you know, like 40 to 60% 
who, and sorry for not having a, a more clear number, but who, when I first meet them, they don't identify as empaths because they have this idea that they are somehow supposed to have more sort of magical powers and, you know, paranormal abilities. And they don't necessarily realize how profoundly they've been affected by the energy that is that is coming to them. And so one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of times it takes sitting with the discomfort and sitting with the stuff that's coming up and looking at what's going on in order to be able to start going, oh, wait a second, that's not mine. Oh, I started feeling that after I went to go see this person at this, like I went to visit with this friend who's going through this really hard divorce or I, you know, I, I went and slept over at my, my sister's house and I know she has insomnia and I had this horrible night, like that you start, we start realizing, wait a second, this is coming from something outside of me. And what I'll say in my experience is that very often the first clue that we're dealing with empathic overwhelm is because our life is fine. There is nothing on the surface that looks like it's a problem. We've done enough of our emotional work that we kind of know what's making us tick. And we're not trying to suppress our triggers to the point where we're like, you know, where, where we're sort of like, we're getting activated by something that's going, that, that sort of like is bringing up an old memory, but we're not willing to acknowledge it. Like we've done some work. We know what our stuff is and still we're feeling this kind of out of balance, out of sorts, wonky, weird, anxious, distressed, agitated, wondering like, I kind of feel like something's coming or something's going to happen. Why do I feel this way? Why am I so blue? Why am I so anxious? Why am I so angry? And what I've noticed is that that is often, at least in my travels, and you know, perhaps you can either agree or say my experience is a little different. But in my travels, that is almost always one of the sort of the dead giveaways that you're dealing with being highly sensitive and empathic. I think that's a great explanation. And I think there are probably a lot of people out there who don't realize that they are empathic, but when they hear this and identify with it and say, yeah, that's me, that's how I feel too, because that's how it was for me. I was just doing research on different things when I heard the term and then I read what described the term, I thought, that's me, that's exactly, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there was a name for it, but that's exactly what it is. So now that we know what an empath is, and we know that it can be extremely frustrating to be empathic if we don't know how to control these energies and the way that we're feeling, I know that you work with empaths and help them with that. And I know EFT is probably one of the main ways that you do help people. So I would love it if you could explain to us what EFT is and how you're using it to help people. Awesome. So as I think most of your, re uh, your listeners know, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. Uh, the more broad term for it is tapping, but EFT specifically really uses the tools in a very precise way to address and shift places where we are feeling mentally, emotionally, or physically stuck. Stuck. My favorite definition of it, which is really simple, is it's like mental and emotional acupuncture without the needles. 
And so basically it involves thinking about something that you would like to shift or that's kind of causing some distress or something, at least initially, there are ways of doing positive tapping, but you know, most of the time, especially if we're talking about empathic overwhelm, we're identifying that we're feeling some distress. And then what we do is we basically give voice to that. We rate it for intensity on a scale of zero to 10 with zero being absolutely no intensity whatsoever. And 10 being so off the charts, it could not possibly be any worse. And once we have a sense of that, then what we do is we tap on the on our hands, our head, our face, and our torso, and do what's called a round of EFT or a round of tapping to address the issue. And there's a particular, the thing that's beautiful about it is that what I absolutely love about well-facilitated EFT is that it allows you to be very, to target very precisely into what is going on and to incrementally and very, very carefully and thoroughly clear the issue by focusing on one thing at a time. So one of the sayings that's very popular in the world of professional EFT practitioners is specific is terrific, which was originally coined by this amazing master trainer, um, sort of old, you know, one of the OGs of EFT and Adams. And when we can get really specific, it allows us to address and shift stuff that has been stuck. So the beautiful thing with EFT though, is that unlike a lot of modalities like talk therapy or even like EMDR and other kinds of stuff, you never have to go back into the memory and you never have to share your secrets and you never have to share any of the details with the practitioner or even like think about it for yourself. All you need to do is set the intention that you're going to be tapping on this thing and use what's called a reminder phrase, which can be extremely neutral. And by setting that intention and tapping on it, we can diffuse these bombs that we've been carrying around inside of ourselves for sometimes like actually lifetimes, but definitely for decades in, you know, in our experience and in our life. I've been working as a healer and started, you know, like in multiple modalities, breath work, Reiki, motion coach, shamanic healing. I'm like probably a bunch of other stuff that I can't even think of right now. And to be, and, and to be completely honest, I have never ever found a modality that is more effective, that is more elegant, that is more gentle and more efficient than EFT. Yeah. The thing I love about it is I think it's so um, diverse too, because not only can you heal trauma, yeah. the negative emotions that you're feeling, but you can also use it to get rid of any limiting beliefs too, that are yes. stuck. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of times, you know, there's a really interesting correlation or link between limiting beliefs and memories, because so often our stuff, like even like, you know, and then with limiting beliefs, there's like the inherited limiting beliefs, the family agreements, the social rules that we are, um, that we've sort of just taken on and accepted as truth. 
And then there's also the conclusions or, you know, the unhelpful conclusions that we formed about life based on an experience. And the thing is, a lot of times, these are things that start when we're like little tiny, tiny people. So like, we might be three, four, five years old, and some kind of thing happens. Let's say, for example, you know, we are really like boisterous and loud and excited. And our parent has a hangover and is lying on the couch and is just miserable. And they lash out and they're like, you're too, you're too loud. You're too much. You're too intense. You're too. And then all of a sudden it's like our little tiny kid has no understanding that this has nothing to do with us. That this is the fact that this person feels kind of crappy and they're just, you know, need quiet. But then what we can do with that, that one incident, that one event is turn it into a lifelong conclusion about ourself that then affects every single thing we do. So it's kind of like we're constantly, if we've been told at a, you know, told that we were too intense, that we're too much, that we're too boisterous, that we, you know, that we really need to tone it down, then a lot of times what will happen is we will tone it down. We'll, we'll censor ourselves and we'll constantly, constantly be turning the dial down on our light because we feel like it's not safe for us to fully shine and to be out there in the world. And, you know, for empaths, I, in the hundreds, if not thousands of conversations that I've had with other empaths, and at this point, like coming in somewhere near, like nearly a hundred interviews with other empaths for my podcast, I will say I have now met two people who were not told that they were too sensitive, overreacting, or taking it too personally as little children. One was, both of them were raised in kind of like um, alternative environments where their parents really supported their spiritual gifts. And so their sensitivity was respected. But for most of us, we're not, that is not the case. And so a lot of times, one of the things that empaths are constantly having to work around and process and come to terms with is basically the fact that we have been told that we're too sensitive. We have been told that we're overreacting. We have been told that we're making a mountain out of a molehill. And so a lot of, and what I've noticed this does is that this causes an incredible amount of self-doubt. And this really impacts our ability to trust our intuition and trust our gut. Because if we were picking things up accurately, as little children, but we were constantly being told, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, nothing to see here, people move along. That what happens as a result of that is we are legitimately picking up information that's real. We're getting no validation for it. And so instead we're kind of getting gaslit most, most of the time because people just don't wanna deal with what's, what, what they're trying to suppress. And so they don't wanna be like, yeah, you're right. I'm absolutely, unhappy, I'm miserable. This is, you know, this is happening. But the problem with it is that it causes a level of self self doubt and a level of not trusting ourselves because from a very, very early age, we were being told what you're picking up on isn't real, even though a lot of the time it is. And I will say that 
in the work that I've had had the opportunity to do both one-on-one and also with like the Empathic Mastery Academy and other programs that I, I other other group stuff that I do, I see this self-trust as being one of the biggest core issues that a lot of empaths have because of the fact that we picked up on these messages at a very, very early age. And EFT is an amazing tool for addressing it. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think what you hit on with limiting beliefs is extremely important because there's so many different things that come from that, whether you saw your parents struggle with money and viewed it as something negative, or um, I think the biggest thing from, as you said, for most empaths is just being told that you're too sensitive. I heard that so many times and people think that's a negative thing and it's not. Uh, and it's just difficult when you know when people are being dishonest or yeah. feeling and they don't want to admit it. And that can be a really difficult thing. So I love, though, that you're using the EFT as a way to probably, I would imagine, increase the trust in themselves that they have. Because I, I do see that, too. I see that a lot of people doubt their own intuition because they they've been told in the past that you're making too much of this or this isn't true so i love that you're helping people with that because i think it's so important we all have intuition but we need to learn how to really trust it and some of that i think comes from actually just kind of sort of putting on the scientific hat or the experimenter hat and just paying attention to how often do we pick up a hunch or get a sense about something and then something happens where we can be like, yeah, this correlates. There's a direct, like there's a direct link between I felt this way and then this thing happened. And being able to just intellectually be like, okay, I can see evidence that these things are happening for me. But at the same time, I also think what we need to do is often dismantle and release the emotional charge that we are carrying from much earlier in our life where we um, where we basically agreed to this idea that we were the ones who are being too sensitive. Because a lot of times, if we're talking a family system where somebody does not want to deal with their feelings, the empath is kind of the person who often is the designated feeler and is often the person who kind of agrees, like we kind of accept the contract that we're going to be the ones who are kind of like, the 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 person who's sort of the express the expressor and that way the other people in the family don't necessarily have to own it and so i think that a lot of times in order for us to truly trust ourselves we need to go back into the memories back into childhood back into the times where we were being invalidated and something was going on and essentially um like like untangle the the i the sort of the conflated idea that their bad mood was because of us being too sensitive or that what was go what we were picking up was not really happening because they didn't want us to acknowledge it and as and with sort of this more clear like we release the emotional charge on say the memory of getting yelled at as a 5 year old 
And all of a sudden it's like, we have this new perspective. We're like, okay, I'm, you know, like, wow, I'm older than my parent was when that was happening. Uh, I totally get how stressed out and overwhelmed they probably were. I totally see that they were doing the best they could. And in this particular case, they really threw me under the bus, but this was never about me. This was not like, it was not my fault. It was not it. And I did not cause this. I didn't, you know, and, and I can't fix this, but also I don't have to keep on participating in this agreement that I'm going to be doing the emotional heavy lifting or the processing or be kind of the scapegoat for all of the difficult feelings that are happening that other people aren't owning. So I, you know, I think that tapping, we can work on the root causes and the memories and the places where all of these things started. And we can also work on the um, behaviors and the, and the things and just the lack of self-esteem and lack of self-confidence and even like where we carry it in our body, how it is manifesting for us, how, you know, how we are processing it. So what I love, love, love about EFT is that while it is one of the simplest techniques and tools I have ever learned, it is also actually one of the most nuanced tools I have ever learned. And there are, and you, and, and when you are playing with it the way that I love to play with it, and, and I love to teach my students to play with it, what's so cool about it is that you never know, like, you might start with a headache or you might start with a, I don't feel worthy of charging, you know, this amount for this service, or, um, you know, I'm having a sensitivity to fragrance right now. But what's incredible is, as we follow the thread and we kind of untangle things, what it was just absolutely amazing is like all of these pieces that get revealed and unpacked. And we discover like, oh my goodness, like, this, 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 and this are all interconnected to this, to this thing. And no wonder this is so difficult. No wonder I've been having a hard time trusting myself. No wonder I've been doubting myself. No wonder I've been questioning myself. And I just love, especially for empaths, how powerful EFT is because the other thing about EFT is that it allows us to calm our nervous system down it allows us to stop the fight or flight mechanism um, in our in our whole system, but especially to shut off the amygdala, which is the signaling system in our brain that sort of tells us that we're in danger and we need to do something about it. And what I absolutely adore about EFT is that when we learn how to tap and we start getting comfortable with it, we can use it to self to re-regulate a dysregulated nervous system and calm our energy system down. So even if we're still picking up on the empathic distress, we're not in a state of fight or flight. We're not in a state of reactivity. And then what that means is that we are able to make better choices. But also so many empaths I find end up in, in professions like service professions of some sort or another, or doing like psychic work or healing work. And what I love about EFT is that it's kind of a self-cleaning system because EFT practitioners are simultaneously tapping as they are supporting another person and working through their stuff. 
we are moving the energy through our system all the time. And so it doesn't have a way, it doesn't have the chance to stick in the same way that a lot of times some of the older modalities where like, I mean, I don't know if when you, I'm assuming you, you've done hands-on healing or healing work with people before. And I don't know exactly when you started, but like when I first started learning to be a healer, I was picking up so much stuff from other people and kind of like finding myself taking home a lot more than whatever money they gave me because I, there wasn't necessarily any kind of elegant system for letting the information flow through, but not get stuck in the system. And EFT by its very nature allows us to keep our systems, our nervous systems calm and collected and also sort of helps us to maintain a space between our, you know, like a distance, like it creates a barrier or a boundary between ourselves and the other person. So I love it both for self-soothing as an empath, working through all of our stuff as an empath, but also as a modality for empaths, because if they decide that they want to be of service in the world as a healer, because it really allows us to serve without taking all the stuff on and taking all of it home. Yeah, I love that it has the ability to do all of that. And so if we have people out there who are listening, who have been listening the whole time and think, I think I might be an empath, or I know I'm an empath, you've written a book called Empathic Mastery, and I know that you work with empaths. I do. Yeah. So if there's anybody out there listening who would like to grab a copy of your book, or maybe would just like to work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So I have a system down because I kind of, you know, after a while figured this thing out. So basically to find all of the stuff, just come on over to empathicmastery.com. I have a free Facebook group where I do monthly masterclasses. If you sign up for my sign up for my list, and then you can like learn a whole lot more about stuff that's going on. But if you want to buy a copy of the book, jump on over to empathicmasterybook.com. If you want to listen to the podcast, jump on over to empathicmasteryshow.com. And if you're interested in the um, Empathic Mastery Academy, where I offer a live round every single autumn, like in September, we go live and we run through all of the content. We work together. It's an evergreen program. So, so once you're a member and you're in, you're in forever. And that is empathicmasteryacademy.com. But for all of it, to keep it really simple, it's empathicmastery.com. And pretty much every single place in social media, I am at Empathic Mastery. Like I do the TikTok, I do the Instagram, you know, um, trying out a couple other places. You know, I've got the Facebook page and it's all at Empathic Mastery. Awesome. And we'll have that link in the show notes too. So if you guys want to go and check that out, you can just click on the link in the show notes and get there easily. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Jennifer, and for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge with us. I really appreciate that. Um, Melissa, thank you so much for having me. This is, I mean, I knew this conversation was just going to whip by and this was just so rich and satisfying. And I'm always thrilled to be talking with people who get, understand what it means to be an empath and also who are already enthusiasts for EFT because it is so amazing. And, you know, um, just one thing to mention, if you are interested in learning about EFT, you can go over to eftinstruction.com 
and you can learn more about the um, trainings that I do. And it just actually ironically so happens that I've got a training that is going to be starting this Saturday, which is um, April 22nd, 2023. And I've got like a couple, I've got like one or two spots left in it. So, you know, if somebody hears this and they're like, oh my God, I have to learn how to do this, jump on over to eftinstruction.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here with us. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can go to the link in the show notes and you can actually get a free seven-day trial of our Patreon page. And there you'll see all the added bonus materials we have like the video of this interview you'll also see that we go live mondays and we go through zoom and do a card reading you can join us for free for a session and see how you like it we have lots of stuff over there like guided meditations so don't hesitate go join for free for seven days and you can cancel at any time but i would love to see you over there as always i am sending you guys so much love and light i hope you have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening and i will talk to you soon bye guys